I'm going to start a message or a concept today and I'm going to finish it on Sunday because as we know, Good Friday is kind of the first part of the story of the gospel. You know, this is, this is part one and it concludes on, um, on Sunday. But I don't want to, to, to lose the significance of today uh, in that. And you know, one of the things that I love the most about Jesus is that he loves and accepts all of us. And, and during worship, uh, I had someone come up to me and just say that they could see and sense Jesus just walking around and placing his hands on each of our heads in love and acceptance. And you know, it's one of those things that, you know, Jesus, his death was for everyone. It doesn't matter what your background is or who you are. He died for all of us. And you know, that's an incredibly significant part of what we celebrate on Good Friday. And not just Good Friday, but this whole weekend. You know, we reflect and celebrate the life, death and resurrection of Jesus this weekend. And it's the result of the last two, the death and resurrection, that bring us here. Within these is the central message of the gospel, of the good news that we proclaim. So, you know, if you've been at church in recent weeks or seen the promo for this weekend online, you'll have heard the phrase, he took on our darkness to bring us into the light. In some ways, this is church speak, but I think we can understand the concept of darkness in and over our lives, yeah? You know, it's that feeling of hopelessness, of helplessness, of despair, rejection. We know all or, or some of those, or there's a whole lot of other words I could go with. But Jesus knows and has felt all of those as well so I want to pray and and just share a few thoughts father God we we just thank you for the sacrifice that you made we thank you that it doesn't matter who we are but you love and accept each and every one of us as we are your arms are opened wide extended to all of us So, Father, I just pray that you'd speak through me this morning and that as we reflect, we would get a greater sense of your love and the importance of that in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, before I unpack my message, which is called Love Stands in the Gap, you know, again, I just want to quickly thank all of those involved in in the, the Tenebrae. You know, I saw this for the first time six or seven years ago and thought, you know, the first time you, you come into something like this, it, it can be a little bit of, oh, this is, this is different, what do, I, what do I do? But I think when we, when we get over that initial part of it, it's, it's an incredibly profound thing to just sit and hear the story of Jesus and to go on a journey through that. And, you know, when we may sit here and go, but, but why did he do it? Was it really necessary and needed for him to as an innocent man, go, go to his death. You know, it, in the end, the way that he saw it, yes, it was necessary. And for each and every one of us, it is necessary. And he did it out of love because we couldn't do it for ourselves. You know, we couldn't restore our own relationship with God. So he came out of love. You know, unfortunately, as humans, we often think that we are invincible or we think that we know what's best for us. 
You know, be your best self is a phrase thrown around on, you know, in different magazines or TV shows and people just go, you know, be your best self. Now, I don't completely disagree. I just want to add another layer that it's about being your best self in God, being who you were created to be. You know, we go back to the creation story and, and God created the heavens and the earth, the seas, the land, the birds, the, the animals that walked on the earth, the animals in the water, and then he gets to, to humans. And he says it's very good. And not only that, he made us in his image, made us to be in relationship and community with him and with each other. But then, you know, you might want to call it a mistake or something that he did. I don't think it's a mistake. I just think it's out of love. But God gives us a thing called free will. Gives us the ability to, to make choices and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm sure everybody here knows that having the ability to make your own choices in anything doesn't always work out the best. <laughs> Very rarely works out. Um, but that's the thing, you know, God loved us so much that he actually gave us that ability to make our own decisions and as happens, you give humans that ability, inevitably, we make bad decisions. And so Adam and Eve were in the garden, told not to eat the fruit from a tree and a snake comes up. Now, I don't know about you, but look, I love snakes, but I, I wouldn't look at a snake and think it was a trustworthy animal if it came and spoke to me and said, I want you to do that. I, I don't, yeah, I love them, but I don't think I'd, I think it was trustworthy. But anyway, we know the serpent came and spoke to him and said, you're not going to die if you eat that fruit. So what do they do? They go and eat the fruit. And then it sets everything backwards because sin became the new human condition. You know, from the beginning, basically, we shelved God and did it our own way when all he wanted was for us to live in relationship and harmony with him. He gave us everything, but still, being human, we know better. You know, and look, I'm far, I'm far from perfect, you know, especially when it comes to directions. Um, I'm, I, I'm both terrible at giving them because I think I know where I'm going and I don't need to look at the map if I'm directing someone or if I've got it you know I've got the Google Maps open the the lady speaking through the Bluetooth now I can't you know sometimes she's talking and it interrupts whatever song I'm listening to and that just annoys me but she'll tell me where to go or M's directing me and telling me where to go and you know I think I know a better way and uh, doesn't always work out Blair you can't laugh you're just as bad um, you know so sometimes I miss turns or add time to trips because I know better. And that's where we fall short with God. We, you know, we go our own way. We go our own way sometimes. You know, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And, you know, that can be hard to hear, but it is a reality that sin separates us from God. You know, when we were created, we have this open connection and relationship with God, but all of a sudden every wrong choice, there's a blockage. And it just gets layered and layered and layered more and more. You know, he didn't intend for us to walk away from him, to create division between us and him, but he gave us the choice to do that. And that's where separation comes in. And we brought about our own division with God. I just want to quickly 
share a couple of verses from Isaiah chapter 53, and they'll be up on the screen for you. Uh, It's verses uh, 2 through to 6. It says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Now this is talking about Jesus. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, that pain being physical and mental and emotional pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think it's an incredibly profound piece of scripture, that. It details how much we pushed and pushed and pushed against him and pushed away from him, but he came and died for each and every one of us because he loves us you know we heard earlier through the scripture the agony he endured in his final days on earth yet he went willingly why because he loves us you know we have this we have this gap between us and god um can I quickly just get Will and Godson to come up here quickly? I'm, I, I'm just calling on you out of the blue, I know. I haven't pre, pre-done this. I just want to do this really quick. Um, as a, as Godson, you're a visual learner. I need to give a visual demonstration. So I want you guys to stand back to back. Come, come stand in the middle so everybody can see you. Stand back to back. So let's just say in this instance, Godson is God and Will's humanity. So, Godson, you're going to stay still, but Will, you're just going to just slowly start walking this way, okay? Go for it. So, what we do is we make all of these choices that bring separation, but all of a sudden an event happens and Jesus gets nailed to one of these. You can turn around a little bit, Will. Turn around face this way. But what happens is, as you can see, this is almost like a bridge. On the cross, Jesus creates a bridge that brings us back to God. All we have to do is turn around, repent, which simply means just to turn back. We just have to turn back and face God. God can turn around and face Will because God's looking at us. We just have to acknowledge and accept and recognize the importance of this bridge to us. That brings us back to our Heavenly Father. All right, thanks, boys. You can sit down. So we have this bridge now. You know, and there's so many things in the world that they say will make us feel better. Money, alcohol, footy, chocolate. You know, I'm guilty of some of these. But nothing can fill the void that exists between us and God except what Jesus did on that cross. Amen? Because of his divinity, he was without sin. And so his dying wouldn't need to be repeated. You know, the cross was the vehicle in which love stood in the gap for us. 
You know, when you walked in, I hope you received one of these. If you didn't, um, there's some on the table out there and I'd encourage you to take one with you. Now, I want you to, to, to take this in your hand and I want you to, to look at it. You know, what Jesus did on the cross is central to everything. You know, this is a bridge that takes us from darkness to light, from bondage to freedom, from shame to belief, from brokenness to wholeness, from mourning to dancing. This vehicle of torture and death became the greatest symbol of hope, victory and love the world has ever seen. And this love is for everyone. Like I said before, no one is too far gone. We fall short of the glory of God on our own, but Jesus doesn't. And that's why in his death and resurrection, we have hope. As Christians, this is our heritage. This symbol is our heritage. But how seriously do we, do we take it? Do we actually take time to reflect on the significance of the events that happened when Jesus was nailed to a cross? Or is it just a token? You know, we often scramble for relevance and status and meaning in our lives, but not from what Jesus did here, but from the world. Nico, can I get you up on the keys, please? So how often in day-to-day life do you actually consider the impact of the wondrous cross? How often do you consider the price that Jesus paid when he was nailed to this? can be easy to you know cross yourself or wear a cross or tattoo one on yourself but is this to recognize its significance and the price that was paid or is it just a token thinking that's my spiritual act I don't need to do anything else what is the value of the sacrifice that Jesus made in your life You know, we heard scriptures earlier outlining the last days of Jesus before he was nailed to one of these. He was betrayed and abandoned by his friends. He was rejected and abused by those he came to teach. He was wrongfully sent to be humiliated, tortured, spat on, mocked, beaten, bloodied, murdered. However, he knew all of this before coming to earth and he did it anyway. He knew he would be despised and rejected and came anyway. He gave up his seat at God's right hand. He gave up his safety for us and God gave up his son for us. I want you to close your eyes and just picture this and I'm going to wrap it up. There's Jesus. The same Jesus who was loving people giving value to the kids to the marginalized he gave worth and love and value to everyone he walked around and healed people had dinner parties with people that most others would turn away he gives you your worth and then and there's the same jesus the end of his life, bleeding, bruised, a crown of thorns wedged on his head. There's Jesus in agony, feeling forsaken by God, nailed to a cross. 
He asked for God to forgive those who have hung him on the cross before he breathes his last. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood that Jesus shed. Open your eyes and look at the cross in your hand. What does this symbol mean and represent to you? You know, and you may not know this Jesus bloke personally, and that's okay. But don't miss this opportunity to experience and encounter his love and the transformation that it brings. Because he does love each and every one of us so much. He died for us, stood in the gap for us, for, for every person past, present and future. He gave his life because of love. So consider what this means to you. And I want you to reflect on the significance of this to you over the coming days. And if, you know, it's completely up to you to do that. It's also completely up to you. But I want to encourage you, think about it. Find a scripture or a word or two words and what they mean to you. and Write it on this. And make it somewhere prominent at home or in your car or at work so that you can see it and take it in. And the exciting thing is, church, is death isn't the end of the story. While the cross was an instrument of death, it became a symbol of hope and triumph. Amen? And what came after the empty tomb is where the hope and power of the cross come in. But if you want to hear about that, come back on Sunday. So today, this Good Friday, look to the cross, to, to its significance in your life. Embrace the love that stood in the gap to bring us to God, if we would just believe. So let's pray.